Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Sometimes we can't handle the truth. So, it's redefined, renegotiated. Uh, There's an alternative truth to us. But whether we acknowledge it or not, the truth is the truth is the truth. And uh, it is is best if we align ourselves with it than run from it. Um, Knowing the truth uh, is pivotal in, in matters of faith, but also in matters of life. A couple of truths about ice cream. <clears throat> ice cream, truth number one, tastes good. Ice cream is good. Truth number two about ice cream is if you eat a large bowl before bedtime every night, you're going to put on about 20 pounds in a month. So, we can deny that truth and ignore that and enjoy the ice cream or can deal with the truth of the fact that though ice cream is good, ice cream can be bad at the same time. Turn to Second uh, Peter chapter 1. We're going to see what, what uh, this passage teaches us today about truth, about knowing the truth and, and about its p- uh, power and influence in our lives. We're going to look at verses 12 to 21 together, if you will, with me and glean at least four things today from this text. So I will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in truth, you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not cleverly follow cleverly designed stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven, and we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but, but prophets though human spoke from God as they were carried along by the spirit. First thing I want us to see today from this text is the truth that stirs our memory. It's a truth that stirs our memory. Look at 12 to 15 again. It says, so I'll always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in truth. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And watch this. I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always remember these things. Look at these three action verbs here in, in these first three verses. To remind, in verse 12, to refresh, in verse 13, and to remember, in verse 15. Remember what? 
well, remember what we talked about last week, about this idea of our being chosen of God, uh, part of the elect, grafted into the elect, and of our calling. And each of us have a call from God uh, that, that is unique to us, to, uh, to us and, and our walk with him. So we need to be reminded of, of these things on a regular basis. He said, remind, refresh, and remember. Uh, be reminded of who we are, what our life is about. Why is that necessary? Because John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief comes to kill, uh, steal, kill, and destroy. As we looked at last week uh, as, as well, or a couple weeks ago from, from 1 Peter 5.8, not only does he do that, he, he is a lion roaming about, the scripture says, seeking whom, whom, whom he may uh, invest in and devour. So we need to be reminded when we're astray. We need to be refreshed when we're empty, and we need to remember when we're unsure. Let me say that again. We need to be reminded when we're astray from God. We need to be refreshed when we're empty, and we need to remember when we're unsure. Uh, have you ever been there? But most of us have on a regular basis. If not, you will. Just hang on long enough, you'll, you'll get there. Um, <clears throat> because our, our walk will take us to places where we're unsure. It'll take us to places where we're astray, where we need to remember who we are and whose we are. Uh, you, you, you'll be there at some point. But he says, remember these things. Remember that, in essence, you, you have been purchased by God and remember that you have a purpose in him, that you have been selected by him and you are called by him. It stirs our memory to those things. It's also a truth, secondly, that validates our testimony. Look at verses 16 to 18. Truth that validates our testimony. For we did not cleverly uh, use cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received glory and honor from God the Father when the voice came from him from, from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son whom I love. Uh, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven, and we were with him on the sacred mountain. Peter is remembering the most two, probably two of the most significant events in his life, in his walk with God, uh, as, he, as he talks about this story. One being uh, Jesus' baptism, that I think he refers to there in verse 17. And the second being the Mount of Transfiguration that he refers to in verse 18. So why is he saying this? He's saying, I don't need to make things up to validate my walk, my, my, my credibility with you. I was there. I walked with him. I saw him. Uh, I, I saw the glory, I heard the voice, I stood on the mountain. In essence, I've been with Jesus. That needs to be said of us. It needs to be said of our walk, it needs to be said of our words, it needs to be said of our attitudes, of our spirit, that they've been with Jesus. There's something different about them. Now, even though folks may not be able to put a finger on it in the moment, what needs to be said is there's something different about them. And as they learn what Jesus looks like and what we look like and how he spoke and how we speak and how he walked and how we walk, they start to look, those start to resemble each other. And, and the, the takeaway there is they've been with Jesus. It was said of the early, early apostles and early in Acts that these were men who had been with Jesus. There's there something different about how they talk, how they walk, how they spoke, how they saw the world. And so Peter is, is in essence saying, I don't need to validate myself to you because I was there. I saw the, I was on the Mount of Transfiguration. I saw the, the, the glory come down there. I saw his baptism. I saw the angel descending like a dove and his baptism and the Holy Spirit come down upon him. I witnessed those things. I witnessed the glory of God. I was in, the, in that moment with him. Um, I wonder if our being with Jesus can be said of us. Uh, do we need a bio 
or does his will speak through our lives to, as it gives evidence to the fact that we belong to him. Uh, if, if there's evidence of the fact that we belong to him, we're, we're going to be a byproduct of that. We're going to start to look like that. I'm evidence of my parents. I'm a product of my parents. My, my dad <clears throat> believed there was a right way and a wrong way to do things. You didn't spend much time around him or in his home that you didn't come away with. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things. Do things the right way. That's the lens that I see the world through too oftentimes. I'm, I'm very black and white. There's a right way and wrong way to do things, good or bad. I, 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 I'm a product of my dad. My mom had a deep love for the scripture. She imparted that to, <clears throat> to me, and I have a deep love for the scripture because I saw that growing up. I saw that in her life growing up. I look like them. There's things about me that are like them. Is, can, that, can those same things be said of the Lord about me and about you? They've been with Jesus. They look like Jesus. They talk like him. Their attitudes are like him. In fact, Peter looks, <clears throat> looks nothing like the old fisherman who used to fish the Sea of Galilee. He is fishing for men, just like Jesus called him to do when he called him out. And he looks like, he looks like this Jesus that he, that he walked with for three years. That's, that's deeply impacted his life. And, and there's evidence there that he's a byproduct of his Lord. I hope that can be said of us. It's true of us. They're, they're byproducts of Christ. And that, those kinds of things, that kind of, that kind of evidence validates our testimony uh, to folks around us that we work with that need to hear our story. Third thing is not only is, 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 is it a truth that serves our memory and a truth that validates our testimony, but it's a truth that is irrefutable. It's irrefutable. Look at 19 and 20 with me. He says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. We're still looking, I think, in our culture for another supernatural sign to validate the presence and the absolute authority of God, uh, to validate who he is. Peter's saying, I've seen the prophecy fulfilled. I've seen it, seen it fulfilled in, in the living, breathing, miracle-working, bread-breaking, persecuted, beaten, crucified, and, and, and rose the third day, Jesus Christ. Uh, he's saying, I saw it in him. I saw the prophecy that I'd read about fulfilled in this person of Christ. And he's saying, you should see that too. And that should be evidence in our lives as well. Uh, in order for this book to come alive, you got to know the subject of this book. He's saying, I know the subject of this book. I, I, I have the, the Old Testament writings. I see in the Old Testament writings who was prophesied about. It was Jesus Christ himself. I walked with him. But that, that validated his, his testimony to me. And those are, those are trustworthy writings that we can see and put, put into effect and apply those kinds of irrefutable truths. Uh, in, it, it, it's, it's, uh, we can't disconnect the, the, the word of God from the spirit of God. In fact, uh, those things are inextricably connected. Ephesians chapter 6 talks, uh, chapter 6 in its, in its entirety talks about the armor of God, how we need to put that on and walk with it. Uh, verse 17 says, to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In essence, he's saying the Spirit and the Word are one, and we can't, we can't walk in one without recognizing the other. We can't understand the Word without the power of the Spirit. We can't get all the, clean all that the Spirit is without understanding the Word. He said they're, they're inextricably connected, and we can't disconnect one from the other because it, it is all divinely inspired. So 
in essence, if that's true, and it is, the Spirit will never lead us to do something that's contrary to the Word of God. This is a pivotal, pivotal uh, biblical principle. The Spirit will never lead us to do something that's contrary to the Word of God, and the Word of God will never teach us something that the Spirit doesn't reinforce and endorse. Get that. That's, most folks in their life uh, <clears throat> wonder how to measure things. Am I where God needs me to be? Am I, can I trust this to be true? As I put feet on this, uh, is, it, is it lived out and reinforced in a way that, that I know that it's right? And those things are powerfully connected when the Spirit and the Word come together. And so if we understand that the Word will never teach us something that the Spirit doesn't endorse, and the Spirit will never lead us into an area that is not validated by Scripture, that's, that's a pivotal biblical truth, so don't miss that. It's irrefutable, in fact. Finally, this is a truth that stirs our memory, validates our testimony, and that is irrefutable. Fourthly, it's also a truth that is from the Spirit of God. It's a truth from the Spirit of God. Look at verse 21. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Prophets, though human, spoke from God. Uh, the job of the Old Testament prophets was to inform, in some cases, and warn the children of Israel, uh, the people of God, about the plans of God. New Testament prophets, or New Testament truth tellers, more or less, are doing the same thing. Only we have the full syllabus. New Testament prophets like myself have a full syllabus of uh, the, the prophets just had the books of the law. You and I have the books of the law, the books of the prophets, the, the writings of Jesus himself, about Jesus himself in the Gospels, the writings of Paul in the letters to the New Testament church, and the revelation of what's to come, of what's, what future events are, are going to look like. We've got the entire syllabus in front of us. And so, as such, we can trust it to be truthful and reliable uh, and, 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 tru and, and life-changing every time. Uh, I, I love this phrase, that last phrase of verse 21, being carried along by the Spirit. Uh, there's a word picture there that, that as I read that phrase over and over, and I did this past week, I've taught on this before, uh, there's a, just word pictures comes to my mind of when I'm incapable, <clears throat> when, I am, um, when I lack understanding, when I lack what I need, the Spirit of God picks me up and carries me through that situation. I'm carried along by the Spirit of God. I'm not only carried along by the, by the truth of God, but by the Spirit of God into that truth it's, uh, it's more than just hearing the Spirit's voice. It is experiencing His presence. Now, I'm not going to go all Baptocostal on you, but I want you to, I want you to see the, the, the difference between understanding the, 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 probably what many refer to as the still small voice of God, the Spirit of God speaking situationally in a moment to say, go here, go there, do this, say that. We've all sensed that probably before in our walk. But to experience the presence of, of the Spirit of God is, is a powerful thing. Um, I trust you experienced his presence at salvation. Sadly, that was the last time any of us experienced the, the presence of God. To, to where, in the sense that we felt um, beyond ourselves, maybe even out of ourselves, to where we were, we were carried along by the Spirit of God. We, we were... We experience his presence in a way that <clears throat> um, is distinctly supernatural, but beyond supernatural is holy. And I, and I can't do an effective job this morning seemingly of describing holiness to you, but in, in those moments, and I, I, the, the deeper your faith walk grows, the more we should sense and know that 
I'm being carried along by the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm, I'm being lifted up by him when I'm sick, when I'm weak, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm weary, when, I'm, when I don't understand what's going on, going on. It's the Spirit of God who enforces, teaches, carries me along through those places. And then, then in times when, uh, when I need to experience him, either in a time of worship or just in a time of uh, a, a, a privacy, uh, years and years ago, I used to work on a horse farm. And take care of horses and take care of the farm and mow grass and you know cut hay and all those kinds of things. And some of the deepest, <clears throat> deepest times I ever had with the Holy Spirit was with the drone of a tractor for hours and just listening to the voice of God and the Spirit of God speak to me about one thing that was on my heart or another or a song, or whatever else it may be. You think, uh, people, I've told that story to say, you know, I've experienced God more in church, the Holy Spirit more in church than anywhere else, and that's good, and I'm happy for you, but <laughs> when you experience him, not, not necessarily on the drone of a tractor, but in the, in the daily events of life, driving down the road, uh, laying in bed at night, sitting on your porch in, in the midst of a thought at dinner time with a bowl of ice cream late at night, or uh, whenever, wherever it is you experience him, savor those, savor those times and those moments because not only are they intimate, they're powerful. They, they, they affect us in ways that, as I say, change our attitude, change our outlook, change the way we, the lens through, through which we see the world. And so those, are, those, are, those, are, those carried along by the spirit moments should be powerful moments, evidentiary things in our lives. So... The truth that stirs our memory, validates our testimony, is irrefutable, and that is from the Spirit of God. So, let me ask you a question and give you a challenge as we wrap up. What is truth to you? What is truth to you? Now, Pilate found himself asking the same question of Jesus as Jesus stood before him and declared himself to be the truth. Pilate says, well, what is truth? In essence, Pilate was asking how do, I, how do I know that? How do I see that? How do I understand it? Uh, and men and women today in our world are still asking the same question, what is truth? It's, re, it's being redefined almost weekly or monthly sometimes, it, it, it seems like in our culture. Uh, and, a, and a complicated world is demanding or expecting some kind of complicated truth. And the truth of who, who Jesus is couldn't be simpler. In fact, he was standing in front, right, right in front of Pilate and he couldn't see it. Couldn't, couldn't grasp it. This is he's he is the truth that I, that I'm looking for, that I'm searching for, and I wonder sometimes if if the simplicity of the gospel uh, is just too too simple for our world to understand and see and be drawn to the truth of it. So here's my challenge to you: whatever truth is to you, I want encourage you today to chase it, to sell out to it at least for a season and see where it goes, see whether it's validated or whether it's, it flops on its face. If truth to you is whoever dies with the most wins, chase that down. See where that goes. See where that leads you. If truth to you is a dab of this and a dab of that, give me a little Christianity, give me a little, a little New Age mysticism, give me a little environmentalism, which is the, the emerging religion of our day and a, the emerging religion of the left is the religion of the environment. Give me, give me a little bit, little bit of all of it. We'll just mesh it together make sure it all works. Chase that down. Sell out to that for a while. See where that goes. If truth to you is, we're all good. Everybody gets a trophy. We're all going to heaven. 
If that's truth to you, sell out to that and see where that leads you. But if truth to you is a relationship with the son of the God of the universe, sell out to that and see where that goes. Uh, principles that look like him and are found, like, found to be true of him are in this book. And these aren't situational truths. These aren't circumstantial truths. These aren't, these aren't subjective truths. The world wants you to think that they are because, as I say, uh, truth is it, it's a moving target in our culture. And to be a person who, who's absolute, who stands for absolute truth, who knows it and stands on it, looks like a foreigner. We look freakish in a world that truth is constantly a moving target. If you know where you're standing, you know what you believe and why you believe it, you're going to seem freakish. You're going to seem like a foreigner in a place where you just don't fit. And let me tell you, you don't. <laughs> and you're not supposed to. That's, that's what God has called us to. But to know truth and to stand on it uh, is, is going not only to be, to be freakish and foreign, but hopefully also impactful. This world is looking for something to believe, something to stand on, something they, they, can, they know is a rock that is immovable. And the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ is that truth. You and I know him and need to live him and walk him out. Let's pray. Father, um, you told us in, in your word that as we stand on the truth and make it evident in our lives, our lives have greater impact and greater influence. You told us that, that knowing the truth would be, would be the thing that sets us free, not to keep us in bondage, but the thing that sets us free and declares freedom heart to heart to heart to heart. If we know the truth and live in bondage, we're following the enemy's tune of legalism, trying to nail us down to things that are, are, are a list of rules that we're supposed to live by. But the liberating truth of Jesus Christ and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit who carries us along, those are the truths that set us free. Those are the truths that keep us from living and walking in bondage. The bondage of our past, the bondage of our sin, the bondage of our failures. And so today, would you remind us of these things? Would you help us remember? Would you refresh our memory? Would you stir us up? Would you cause us to see that it's irrefutable truth? That as we stand on it, it's true every time, in every situation, for every reason. Because we know Christ, we can know and believe your word and see it meshed and married with the power of the reinforcement and presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we walk that out, the Spirit becomes more real to us, becomes more true to us, your word becomes more powerful to us, and consequently we are, we are more hungry for it. As such, let us turn to it and feed on it and live it and walk it out as absolute truth because it is and whether we believe it or act on it or not it's still the truth remind us refresh us and help us to remember those things tomorrow tuesday next week next month and as we walk them out in a foreign place would those who are hungry for truth be drawn to the truth of jesus they see in us and would our story become the story that they can live and walk themselves of knowing jesus and walking with him in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.